Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Outside of the boot, hangs it up, it floats. Oh, captain, my captain. Max gives it the lots. Oh, it's raucous at the G now. Gives it to Nick Dacos, breaks the tackle. Oh, you've got to be joking. Oh, they're a magnificent footy team to watch these pies. Caressed it for Kuno. Played on and gold. My God, they're exciting. On Crunch Time, let's find out who was this round's weekend wonder. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if that doesn't get you up and about, Tom, I don't know what will. But it is time for our weekend wonders. It can be a highlight, a performance, a team, a player, just something you've picked up on, something that's made you wonder, What's Tom? yours, Sarah? Well, I'll kick it off, will I? Yeah, go first. My weekend wonder, and we've been giving a lot of praise to Essendon, but I want to give praise to one player in particular, and that is Big Sam Draper. I thought when the game was on the line to be won in the first half, he was so influential with three goals, and Max Gorn was watching down on this match at Adelaide Oval from the press box. And I was wondering if Max was thinking, I see a little bit of myself in this Ruckman who is yet to play 50 games, but already to me, he is the spiritual leader of that club. And I think potentially a future captain at Essendon. A cult figure, Josh. He certainly is that. Uh, You know what? I I, I was going to pick him as well, Sarah. Yeah, well, I got in first. But for a different reason, I want to congratulate him for his willingness to do a proper pre-game interview. He did a goal-kicking competition with Eddie Betts. Mm. We're, we're, we're starting to get there. Some players, <laughs> I remember having to um, uh, have uh, scraps and fights with teammates because they didn't want to do the uh, little Fox footy walk-off interview at halftime, let alone a, a big pre-game interview like that. So well done to Sam for that because the game needs a bit more access. So um, he played well and it didn't affect his play. Uh, who'd have thought? <laughs> On that, Josh... What percentage of players do you think are more willing to do uh, media interviews that perhaps are a little bit uh, more left of centre than what they have been in the past? Do you think it's growing? Uh, are players becoming more understanding of the need? Uh, no, not no. I actually don't think so because it's too easy for them to say no. It's just too easy for them to say it affects my preparation. That's the answer we always used to get. Oh no, I don't, it affects the way I prepare. And um, for maybe one in a hundred, that that. That is true, but my answer to that would be if a walk-off interview or a pre-game interview affects the way you play, then you've got bigger problems Mm. than the pre-game interview. All right, Josh. Well, you couldn't get Sam Draper as your weekend wonder, but do you have Mm. something else up your sleeve? I do. Uh, Apologies to Jordan Dawson. Didn't actually play on the weekend, so that's why I've left him (laughs) out. Um, I am going to stick fat with the tall forwards. Now, um, a tall forward is any forward is a victim of circumstance, right? So rain, no good. Wind, no good. No supply from the midfield, no good. Last night, Todd Marshall had to put out with driving rain. That's as uh, strong a rain as I've ever seen at Adelaide Oval. And he, he didn't play very well. Seven disposals until late in the fourth quarter. But as a forward, it can, it can be not your night, but it can be your moment. And he had one moment in front of the uh, old scoreboard on the boundary to put the power in front. 
and he absolutely slotted it. He went back like a young man who knew he was going to kick it, who knew he was a great kick, and he absolutely drilled it. And Port never gave the lead back thereafter. He's pretty clutch in front of the big sticks, Todd Marshall. He's one of the best set shots in the game, do you think, Josh? It's a beautiful kicking style. It's relaxed. It's easy. It's composed. There's nothing... Um, there's nothing uh, over the top about it. He just kicks it like he did when he was seven or eight years old. And uh, more often than not, it goes straight through the middle. And Xavier Dersma kicked a clutch goal as well. The Bulldogs looked like they were going to win until about 10 minutes into the last quarter and Port were just too good in the end. But I I was surprised at how much Port were able to run over the top of them via Todd Marshall and Xavier Dersma and their midfielders as well, Butters and, and Rosie and these sort of guys. Do you have a weekend wonder for us, Tom? I do, Sarah. My weekend wonder actually extends out a couple of days. I know we're being quite liberal on this. So my weekend wonder goes all the, back, all the way back to Thursday night and the Adelaide Crows. Back in round two, the Crows were Norton 2. They lost to GWS. They lost to Richmond. And I've got to be honest, privately, I was off the Crows. I think we all were off the Crows, Josh. I couldn't see the Crows oh. getting anywhere near finals at that point from Norton 2. They'd lost two games. They probably, well, they probably should have won at least one of them, if not two. I thought Matthew Nix might be under pressure. I haven't said that on the show. He's contracted to the end of next year. I'm happy to hold my hand up and say I was probably slightly off the mark here. But there was one person in the media, Josh, one person that backed the Crows in, and it's the woman sitting to my right. See, oh. I'm, I'm buying into the Crows. Yeah, I actually, like the Crows, don't I actually you? think they could be three and zip because in the first two weeks of the season, they were just woefully inaccurate in front of goal. They had a 28-point lead against the Giants and in the end, you know, that match was played in really scorching, trying conditions and they just couldn't hold out. Against Richmond, they should have been in front at three-quarter time. They were 45 points down and came back to being within one point. And once again, Mm. they'd spent all of their tickets. But if they had kicked straight in both of those games, they are arguably sitting at 3-0 and and we're having a different conversation. Too often in the media, Josh, we're here to bring people down. (laughs) When someone has a good opinion and a strong opinion like that, that's against the grain. You've got to give praise where it's due, Sarah. Yeah, well, I stand by it. I liked what I was seeing in that opening fortnight uh, from the Crows, and really they could be five and zip. But how electrifying were they on Thursday night against the Blues? I mean, it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for Carlton at at all there Mm. at Adelaide Oval, but that was a game that was done at quarter time. Done at quarter time. That first quarter was awesome. I think Jared Waitley said it best that Carlton turned up for a round five game and Adelaide turned up for a prelim final. That's certainly the vibe that they gave. I'm bullish on the Crows now as well because I'm looking at their fixture. They're three and two, and they haven't played Gold Coast, they haven't played Hawthorne, they haven't played West Coast, and they haven't played North Melbourne. So they've got some very winnable games at some stage coming up. Um, this is not to say they're going to go deep or play finals, but they're tracking in the right direction, Josh. They are. They've got they've got the Hawks next week, so that looks handy. It's in Tassie, though, so it just gets a bit awkward when you play the Hawks. It's cold. Tassie, but <laughs> but then, then I want to see, and this is, again, me trying to uh, live to my own words of not judging a team on one or two weeks, not being a prisoner of the moment, because after they play Hawthorne, they've got Collingwood in Adelaide, and then they've got Geelong in Geelong, and then they have got St Kilda back in Adelaide. So that's a three-week stretch where if they go two and one, if they win next week against Hawthorne and then they go two and one, they can't be looking at anything other than finals. And they, their players, I said this across SEN earlier in the season, I, I think they've had a meeting 
as a club, as a playing group, and said, we think we can make finals and we are more than willing to say it because I've heard Brodie Smith say it, I've heard Mitch Hinge say it, I've heard Rory Laird say they think they'll make finals this year. And I'm sitting back thinking, whoa, 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 mm. whoa let's, let's pump the brakes. But maybe they were spot on, maybe. And they would know themselves better than anyone else, but maybe they were absolutely spot on. So if they win next week and then they go two and one in that little period of three weeks, they're right in it.